Hey guys, welcome back. I am delighted to be back. It has been a little minute. Um, I had gotten pretty busy there the past couple weeks, um, but I, I'm, I'm glad I have some time here to sit down and to continue on through the New Testament chapter by chapter, verse by verse. And before I get started, I just want to explain the importance of God's Word um, in your life. Um, and, and the real importance of God's Word, obviously it's God's Word. It's our Creator, uh, our Creator's love letter to us. Um, but in a practical form, God's Word is so important because it provides instruction for our life. Um, it teaches us a conduct um, uh, in, in a really just a, a way of living and a path. It lays out a path for us. Um, and it also provides spiritual insight. Um, and, and also it, it, it gives us the revelation of Jesus Christ, the Savior of the world. Um, so I want to encourage you to develop uh, time in your day to sit down and read God's Word. Even if you just start off in very small portions, it's important. And I'm telling you, as you continue to go and journey and you stay committed to God's Word, what happens is your eyes will start opening up. And there will come a magical moment where understanding comes and a light bulb switch clicks on and and you can make the connection. Um, and you can, your, your spirit will testify to the truth of God's word being true and factual um, and eternal. So I want to encourage you to uh, make, make time for that. Um, so moving on, we are still working through the book of 1 Corinthians. We're at chapter 9, and we're going to start off verse 1. Paul says, Am I not as free as anyone else? Am I not an apostle? Haven't I seen Jesus our Lord with my own eyes? Isn't it because of the my work that you belong to the Lord? Even if others think I am not an apostle, I certainly am to you. You yourselves are proof that I am the Lord's apostle. So Paul is basically laying out practical truth and, and evidence you know, and, and obviously he's defending um, his gift or position the Lord has called him to. Um, so verse 3, this is my answer to those who question my authority. Don't we have the right to live in your homes and share in your meals? Don't we have the right to bring a Christian wife with us as the other apostles and the Lord's brothers do and as Peter does? Or is it only Barnabas and I who have to work to support ourselves? So obviously, maybe the believers here at Corinth were giving Paul a hard time, maybe challenging even who he was. Because, see, the fact of the matter is, guys, if we're not real careful, what we like to do is make ourselves very comfortable. And there's a great danger in that. Um, because what we'll do is we'll, we'll want to remove people from our lives that have a level of accountability. You know, see, see the way God works is practically speaking, God works spiritually, but he always, he, he also works naturally and practically speaking. Um, but he will set people up in your life for specific purposes, um, to act as a guardrail, um, just like a guardrail on a highway keeps cars from veering off that highway or say even when you go bowling 
you know, if you take children bowling with you, you put up those bumpers on the sides of the lanes. It keeps the ball on the lane. And God will set people in your path strategically. He will bring people in your life for certain purposes um, and to keep you on the narrow straight path. So, but what in and of our flesh, what we want to do is remove people who want to tell us the truth because we don't like to hear the truth, um, let alone do we accept the truth and thank people for telling us the truth. If you have people in your life who tell you the stone cold truth, you should thank God for those people. It's called candor, you know, and that is a, a gift. I think that is one of the true marks of a mature believer is when you can receive hard truths and you can give hard truths in love to other people. Um, That was a side note. That was definitely not in scripture, but I just wanted to share that with you. Um, Verse seven, what soldier has to pay his own expenses? What farmer plants a vineyard and doesn't have the right to eat some of its fruit? What shepherd cares for a flock of sheep and isn't allowed to drink some of the milk? Am I expressing merely a human opinion or does the law say the same thing? For the law of Moses says, you must not muzzle an ox to keep it from eating as it treads out the grain. Was God thinking only about oxen when he said this? Wasn't he actually speaking to us? Yes, it was written for us so that the one who plows and the one who threshes, the grain might both expect to share the harvest. Um, you know, basically he's explaining that there should be a reward for our work. Um, and Paul is obviously, they're tr- from what I'm picking up from the context, they're obviously trying to keep something from Paul um, to where he is having to defend himself and to give these illustrations to them. Um, I don't know the exact reason, Um, but verse 11, since we have planted spiritual seed among you, aren't we entitled to harvest of physical food and drink? So there we go right there. There's the answer. Verse 12, if you support others who preach to you, shouldn't we have even greater right to be supported? But we have neither used this right. We would rather put up with anything than be an obstacle to the good news about Christ. Basically, he's wanting to say, I want, he, he wants to keep his life from any and absolutely anything that someone could point their finger and say, well, you only preach you know, Christ because you get a paycheck from it. You only preach Christ because you know, it provides you with uh, physical food. You know, because Obviously, we're seeing here in in the Church of Corinth that there's some pretty immature people here. Um, Verse 13, don't you realize that those who work in the temple get their meals from the offerings brought to the temple? And those who serve at the altar get a share of the sacrificial offerings. In the same way, the Lord ordered that those who preach the good news should be supported by those who benefit from it. Yet I have never used any of these rights. And I am not writing this to suggest that I want to start now. In fact, I would rather die than lose my right to boast about preaching without charge. Wow, that's pretty pretty awesome of Paul. Um, you, can't, you can't refute a man like that. 
um, verse 16, yet preaching the good news is not something I can boast about. I'm compelled by God to do it. How terrible for me if I didn't preach the good news. Um, Paul there is describing uh, God compelling him to share the good news, the message, the hope of Jesus Christ and the transformation that he could bring to a life. Um, he is compelled to do that. And I think there's an important thing, um, correlation to make here from, from uh, verse number 16 is that God called Paul to give back. And I think what happens in the lives of believers many times, and this is obviously, you can find this in the church in Corinth, but if you are not developing and growing in your faith and grace and knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ and giving back, what happens is you're gonna become stagnant because you damned up the well of God's spirit in your own life, in your own heart. And what happens is you're going to start pointing your finger at other people. When you start pointing your finger at other people and watching other people, there's a danger in that. So I want to warn you um, that you keep your eyes on your own walk. Remember, Jesus taught us that we must first take the plank out of our own eye before we help get the speck out of our brother's eye. Um, verse 17, if I were doing this on my own initiative, I would deserve payment. But I have no choice, for God has given me the sacred trust. What then is my pay? It is the opportunity to preach the good news without charging anyone. That's why I never demand my rights when I preach the good news. Even though I am a free man with no master, I have become a slave to all people to bring many to Christ. And right there, definitely want to stop at verse number 19 in the ninth chapter of 1 Corinthians and see that Paul has made himself a slave to other people and the needs of others. Why? Because when you serve people and you love people and you feed people, whether it's their, their social needs, emotional needs, but when you care for people, truly, sincerely love and care for people's needs, what it will do is lure and attract them to Christ. And Paul explains that to us there. He explains how to do that as well. You become a slave to other people. Verse 20, when I was with the Jews, I lived like a Jew to bring the Jews to Christ. When I was with those who fell, followed the Jewish law, I lived under that law. Even though I am not subject to that law, I did this so I could bring to Christ those who are under the law. When I am with the Gentiles who do not follow the Jewish law, I too live apart from the law so that I could bring them to Christ. But I do not ignore the law of God. I obey the law of Christ. Very important here, what Paul is saying is that basically Paul is saying that he is adaptable to his environment. However, he does not compromise his faith, values, belief, or the teachings of Christ, despite wherever he is. Um, so what we should as believers is be able to operate in any environment. Um, you know, there are many people, many believers I have seen judge non-believers as if they knew Jesus Christ and had the freedom and salvation that Christ has. How 
hypocritical could that be? Um, but we should. We should acclimate ourselves and we should open our sphere of influence um, to a wide range of people so we could draw them to the Lord Jesus Christ and they can experience the grace and freedom that we claim to have experienced. Verse 22, Paul says, When I am with those who are weak, I share their weakness, for I want to bring the weak to Christ. Yes, I try to find a common ground with everyone, doing everything I can to save some. I do everything to spread the good news and to share in its blessings. Don't you realize that in a race, everyone runs, but only one person gets the prize. So run it to win it. Verse 25, all athletes are disciplined in their training. They do it to win a prize that will fade away, but we do it to win an eternal prize. So I run with purpose in every single step. I'm not just shadow boxing. I discipline my body like an athlete, training it to do what it should. Otherwise, I fear that after preaching to others, I myself might be disqualified. Wow. I absolutely love the closing passages of 1 Corinthians chapter 9. Um, I actually boxed it in with my pen um, because I too... I take delight in um, in physical training as well, but there's a lot to be had there. There's some spiritual truths to be gained through um, to, to teaching your body um, and to conquering your desires. And, um, you know, it's pretty cool that, that Paul says he runs every single step with purpose. He has a mission in mind. And, you know, those two things are very powerful. The mission is why are you doing what you're doing? Why did you wake up today? You know, what is fueling your life and why? You know, those questions behind the scenes are the ones that we have to answer those, guys. The quicker we can answer some of those tougher questions, we will open up to be able to have the fun that we're looking for, you know, and the enjoyment in life. But it can't be found until we do business with Christ. We must settle once and for all. Um, do business with the Lord. I'm telling you, the reward far outweighs the fear. Christ loves you. In John 3.16, I want to remind you what John 3.16 says. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son and whoever believes in him shall never, ever, ever die, but will have eternal life. Death is not the end. It will be the beginning. So I want to encourage you to um, take that step. Take that step of faith and commit your life to Christ Jesus. Um, and I want to thank you guys. It's been good being back. And um, I look forward to continuing through and, and um, you know, just studying God's word and learning and growing together. God bless you. Have a great day.